Do you ever find yourself swamped with tasks, drowning in an ever-growing to-do list, and wondering if there's a way to finally catch your breath or make some real progress in your online business as a teacher? Well, in today's episode, we're going to dive into how to know when you're truly ready to bring another set of hands into your business. Stay tuned as we dive deep into how to know when you're ready to take the leap and hire. We'll talk about some common fears and reservations that you might have and how to assess your finances to know if you can actually afford it. Hey, my friend, welcome to the Teacher Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Katie Geddes, your host, a full-time owner of an online music studio and a coach for teacher entrepreneurs just like you. In this podcast, I dish out actionable tips and strategies to build your business as a teacher, but also bring the raw and honest conversations on mindset, personal growth, and the ups and the downs of entrepreneurship. If you're all about building a teacher business that's not only wildly successful, but that's sustainable and aligned with your values, Well, then grab that cup of coffee, get cozy, and let's dive right in. Hello, my fellow educators and entrepreneurs. Before we dive into the nitty gritty of deciding when to hire, let's start by just setting the stage for today's conversation. We will be exploring five different key points in this episode. First is why you should hire at all in your business. Then we'll touch on the ready indicators that may be showing that you're ready to hire. We'll chat about the fears and reservations that you might have that might be holding you back from hiring. Then we're going to sort out what type of hire you may actually need. And then we'll talk about how to assess your financial readiness and how to make sure that this is actually a financially smart decision. Ready to move towards a more streamlined and impactful educational empire? Then let's get started. So first of all, let's actually dive into the why behind hiring and why this is important for your business as it starts to grow. So of course, as your teacher business grows, so do the demands of your business. You might have more platforms that you're marketing on, more marketing channels. You might have more leads that are reaching out about working with you. You might have new courses or more materials or resources to create or even resources to update. Honestly, the list goes on, right? And it's tempting to take on this superhero role and believe that we can tackle everything on our own. But as your business grows, you also get to be more choosy on the things that you do day to day. You get to think about what tasks you actually enjoy doing and what are the tasks on your plate that only you can do. And then think about outside of that, what tasks are left. And these are the tasks that you should consider outsourcing so that you can actually take more of a step into a visionary role and you can start to outsource some of these day-to-day tasks that you don't necessarily have to do yourself. So next of all, let's talk about some common signs and some indicators that might suggest that you're ready to bring someone on board. So of course, this one is pretty obvious. If you're someone who's overwhelmed with the tasks that are on your plate day to day. So when you get started on your to-do list each day, it just feels endless. It feels like there's no way that you could possibly get all of this done in one day or you feel like you're doing some of the same tasks over and over that feel like maybe they're a waste of time or that you don't enjoy or it's not your specialty and you wish that you didn't have to do these, or maybe you don't have any time where you feel like you're working on your business. You're only really working in your business. So you're doing like the day-to-day, but you're not really working on the big picture stuff or the overarching goals things. And of course, those are really important when you are starting to scale because we all know that there's a lot 
lot of thought and planning that goes into our business growth. And we have to make sure that we have time for that in our schedule as well. Another really good sign, another indicator that might show that you're ready to hire is that you have consistent growth in your business, right? So if your numbers are steady and they're increasing over time, what you're doing is working, then it's time to really double down on what is working so that you can expand that and grow that further, And then finally, if you recognize that you have a need for maybe some sort of expertise in a specific area, like something that you don't feel is your strong suit or something that you're really wanting to be a part of your day-to-day tasks, or if there's something that you want to add on to your business, but it's not something that you necessarily want to learn how to do yourself, Um, maybe you want to add on like another platform or a new marketing venture, but you're like overwhelmed by the idea of going about doing that on your own, then it might be time to either bring in someone who is an expert in that area and they can really bring their expertise to your team or you could hire someone on and of course pay for them to learn how to do that instead of having to do so yourself. The reason that I realized that I really needed to start hiring in my own teacher business was about a year into my business. I was teaching online full time. I was so happy with how it was going. My classes were sold out. I had surpassed my classroom teaching salary by $30,000. I loved my students and I really enjoyed my day to day. But there were a couple of times where I had gone to visit my boyfriend in Prague at the time. And if you know my story, we did long distance for about two and a half years. We did intercontinental long distance for two and a half years. And so I used to go back to Prague and visit him for a month to six weeks at a time. And of course, I wouldn't not work that entire time. I would work while I was there. And so I would teach while I was there. But with the time difference, I would sit in cafes all day and do like behind the scenes work. And I would work on my business, which was exciting because he was at work. And so I was doing that in cafes all day. But then at night, I had to teach because of the time difference. So I would be teaching from like 6 p.m. until midnight most nights. So even though I was able to go visit him, I really never even got to see him or spend time with him until the weekends. And so that's when I realized I needed to have less teaching hours, live teaching hours on my schedule. And I wanted to either have teachers come on to take on some of those hours themselves, or I wanted to start building up other offers for myself that were more passive, where I didn't have to show up on calls quite as much so that I was able to have more blank space in my schedule to make time for the things that really, really mattered to me. And I have to be honest, that doesn't necessarily mean that I lowered my work hours overall. I just lowered my live teaching hours. I was just spending more time behind my computer doing admin work or doing planning and setting up a lot of these new projects and then less time live on Zoom calls teaching music. So now let's talk a little bit about some common fears or reservations that you might be having about hiring. Of course, the most common one is the loss of control in your business. So I know that I felt this in my business when I first stepped into the hiring game, and it came to a point where I had to sit down and ask myself, well, what's the alternative? If I wasn't able to hire someone, the alternative was to just continue to do everything myself right? But if I was going to continue to do everything myself, I was going to leave money on the table. I was going to leave opportunities on the table. I was going to have less impact because I wouldn't be able to grow exponentially in the way that I really wanted to. So I had to kind of reframe this and learn how to trust myself to hire the right people. And I had to learn how to trust myself to train people well. And even if that wasn't something that I knew how to do in that moment, I knew that it was something that I could learn and that I was capable of figuring out. 
but it really does come to a moment where you just have to release that control. You just have to decide that you're going to take a chance on someone to take on some of this work for you. Another concern that a lot of people might have is that you're going to find the right fit for you or for your brand. And of course, one way that we can make sure that we find a right fit is just to have a really thorough vetting process. So a really in-depth hiring process and making sure that we ask really effective questions when you do your interviews or when you have your initial posts that people have to respond to. You do have to remember that no one that you hire is going to be perfect, but it is possible to find a healthy fit with someone who has the same values and aligned goals that can really help your business as long as you have a really effective hiring process. And then, of course, another huge one is financial concerns, right? Is this something that you can actually afford? And the best way that I have seen that you can deal with this or feel more comfortable about this is to just make a plan. So we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the episode. Don't worry, we'll dive into, you know, all the finance things and how to build a plan for yourself where you feel more secure in the idea of hiring someone on. I know when you're first stepping into this idea of hiring that everybody experiences imposter syndrome and this fear of the loss of control, but I just want to encourage you and let you know, like nobody knows what they're doing in the beginning, right? It's not something that any of us have done before, and it's going to be a learning process. You're going to learn so much. It's totally okay to be a beginner at this and just remember and tell yourself you are capable, you're brilliant, and you will figure this out and it'll get better as you go. I remember when I first went about hiring for the first time and I made like my first SOP, a standard operating procedure, which is basically like explaining how to do something like training the person that I was trying to hire. It was a complete mess. Like I did not understand how to explain why I did things or how I did things. And two years later, I know how to explain those things now, right? I know how to effectively communicate with my team, but it it took time. And it's something that you'll just have to figure out along the way and fine tune along the way. And if it's messy in the beginning, it's okay. That's normal. Okay, so now let's talk a little bit about how to know what type of hire to make. So identifying the roles and the responsibility of someone that you might be getting ready to hire. So the best way to do this, of course, is to identify which tasks in your day-to-day take up a significant amount of your time. So if you're really not sure what that is, then a great first step is to start doing some time tracking. And you don't have to do this long-term. You could just do this for a day or a week. A week would probably be best, but you can use a free tool that's called Clockify, where you just hit the start button every time that you do a task and you label the task. So at the end of the day or at the end of the week, you can go back and see how much time you spend on all of your tasks throughout the week. Then once you look at those tasks and everything that's filling up your day to day, think about what you could pass off. What don't you enjoy doing? What is something that consistently comes up in your schedule that you feel like you could train someone else to do? You can also think about your own strengths and your own weaknesses, and that'll help you to know the type of skills that you might need in the type of person that you might go to hire. That's how you might know what type of hire you might want to make if you want to hand off some of the tasks that you're currently doing. Of course, if you're looking to more so hire a specialist, like if you have an upcoming project that you want to get started, like let's say you wanted to do Facebook ads or you wanted to get your TPT store started or something like that, and you wanted to bring in someone to do that for you, then of course that would be a specialist role that you would look for and you would bring in to do it for you instead of having to add that to your own plate. 
Okay, and finally, let's make sure that we talk through assessing your finances. I know that this is a big reservation that a lot of teacher business owners have when they're looking to go about hiring. So let's talk about how you can feel more secure in this and how you can make a really steady plan for this. So first of all, step one is just to get your finances in check in general. So if you don't already have a system of tracking your finances week to week or month to month, then that is something that you need to do immediately. Like right away. So you need to know things like how much money do you need to live off of considering your budget in your personal life for you or for your family. And that would include, of course, any sort of regular costs that you have living day to day. It would also include if you have a certain amount that you want to put into savings every single month. And also if you would do any sort of investments or putting money aside for retirement, that kind of thing then all of those things need to be considered when you're trying to figure out how much money you need to actually live off of in your personal life. Then you also need to know how much money do you need for your business expenses right now. So how much do you need to have set aside every month to run your business? Once you have those numbers figured out, then you can take a look at how much money is coming in, how much profit do you have left over, and then how much room do you have left in that number that you might be willing or interested to invest back into your business. Once you have a better idea of what that number is like, then we can go ahead and consider your options for hiring. There are some lower cost options, and then of course there's some more costly options. So the lower cost option that I would highly consider is the idea of hiring someone from one of my favorite websites to hire from. It's called onlinejobs.ph, and this is hiring virtual assistants and workers from the Philippines. So since the cost of living in the Philippines is much lower than in the U.S. or in Canada or in some of the Western countries, the average cost per hour there for someone who is applying for jobs on this platform is usually between about four to eight dollars an hour. So if you're looking for someone to come on to take on some of your admin tasks or some of these day-to-day time-saving tasks for you, then this would be a perfect opportunity for you. But if you're someone who is more interested in hiring on a specialist to take on a new project for you, of course, this will be a little bit more of a costly option. So in this case, I would set a goal for yourself of how much money you need to set aside for a specialist like that. Maybe you could do some market research and find some specialists, look at their prices and see how much they charge, and then start setting money aside every month to save for hiring someone like that in the future. Remember that when you go about hiring, you don't even necessarily need to bring on a regular team member and someone that is there with you month to month to month. You can also just do a project-based hire as needed. But the most important thing finances-wise to remember and to think about when you are going about hiring is to just think about your potential return on investment or your ROI. Think about the type of tasks that you would be hiring this person for. And are those tasks money-making tasks? Are the tasks that they do actually going to generate revenue and bring money back into the business? Because if not, what money-making tasks can you do to bring in more revenue to supplement the difference of the investment that you are going to be making to hire them. This is something you're definitely going to want to track and stay on top of once you do make a hire. And it's something that you're going to want to reassess monthly or quarterly just to make sure that if you do have some sort of recurring hire in your business, that it is something that you feel is worth it. So for example, if I was hiring someone on onlinejobs.ph to take on some of my admin tasks for me, like maybe designing some slides for my classes that I teach week to week, that would give me back more time in my schedule, but they're not actually generating revenue for my business. So maybe to supplement that investment that I'm making, I would add on a couple of extra classes to my schedule to make up for the difference. But in theory, 
even with adding on that extra time for those classes, I of course would have much more room in my schedule because of their help. It might take a little while to find a really good balance with this. A lot of times when people do go to hire someone and then they get all of this extra time, they're like, I don't even know what to do with this time. So just make sure that you are using that time wisely and that you are, again, using it to do more money making activities once you get that time back. So let's take a moment just to reflect on some of the amazing insights that we have covered today. We've talked about why you should hire. We've talked about how to overcome some of these fears or reservations that you might have in order to take the leap and hire someone for your business. We've talked about how to prepare financially to make that investment in your business. So now I challenge you to take all this in, soak it up and really think about if this feels like the next right step for you and for your business. Assess your finances, consider some of the benefits like reclaim time and amplified productivity and even the potential for exponential growth in areas of your business. And as you take some of these next steps, just remember that embracing change and investing your business, it's a journey. It's not a sprint. So let this be the opportunity for your business's next chapter to start. And remember that any new chapter, it brings its own challenges, but it also brings its own growth. And hopefully this is an opportunity to really step into that next stage of growth for your business. I can't wait to see how the these hires affect your business and how they help your business grow in this next chapter. If this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to spread the word, share it with a friend that you think would also find value in it. And if you want to go ahead and dive deeper with some of our freebies, make sure to head to katiegettis.com for more info. Thank you so much for tuning in and I can't wait to catch you in the next episode.